Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, welcome everyone. We got another very special guest on the podcast. It is Alex, also known as Convolk, number 119, off and running. Alex, how are you? I'm all right, man. How are you, Jeff? Good. I'm good. I uh, feel feel good as good as you can. It's been a crazy, crazy Thank time you. in our world. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. So uh, let's, let's dive into it, man. What, what's going on? Tell us who you are. I got a poker podcast generally. You're, you're in the music space. You play a bit of poker, but tell us a little bit about who you are and then we'll, we'll kind of run through everything. I guess I'm just a, I'm just a guy. Uh, I make, I make music. I guess that's like primarily what I'm known for, but, uh, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of poker. Uh, an old friend showed me it like a year and a half ago and a little less than that. And ever since then, you know, I've just been hooked and I've been really lucky enough to have some, some people, I guess, within the poker world, uh, listen to my music. And then that's given me kind of access to, to players and, and people and experiences that I guess I otherwise wouldn't be. So I'm, I'm very grateful and, and, uh, lucky, I guess, to, to just, you know, meet these people. So, so quick, you know, very cool. I, I know you, I know you do dabble. I think you've done some work with Jeff Bosky or uh, Bosky, a few, few others. Did, have you, have you played with them or they've coached you? What, what's been? No, actually I haven't been coached by, well, I'll, I'll get into that for sure. But um, no, just Bosky, uh, Bosky, Jeff Bosky. He's uh, I just, I just love the guy. You know, I liked his vlogs a lot and I just hit him up and I'm like, Hey man, you know, whenever we're in Vegas uh, at the same time, like, you know, let's just hang out. And the plan, I guess, was to play some, uh, some poker, just some, some no limit, uh, hold them. But, uh, we ended up just like kind of hanging out, like eating, eating in and out, driving around in his Tesla and not playing poker. So, uh, which was actually completely fine, you know, and I, I think he's a super solid guy. I really, I really enjoy being around him and yeah, I, I like, I like Boski. I, I got to hang out with, uh, you know, Brad Owen and, uh, Poppy GTO, you know, Joe Ingram and, they're all just really, really nice guys who are, who are super good at poker. And ironically, we never really get to talking about, you know, in depth, uh, with, with poker stuff, but I kind of don't, I don't prod the issue. You know, I just, I just let the conversations flow as they will. For sure. Well, I think that's one of those things where, you know, when you, it's probably the same for you. And when you come on podcasts, of course, that's what we're doing, but you know, when you're around or you go to dinner, uh, or, or with people or new people, I think it's kind of fascinating what you do and people, I feel like that about poker, right? Cause it's like, it's just a different world. It's not the normal. And you kind of fit in that category of what you do for a living is not, most people aren't musicians, artists, professional right. poker players. So I guess, you know, could you explain a little bit what it's like? Cause I think it's fascinating, especially now the, the music industry is changing from what I can tell a lot. There's Spotify, there's downloads, you know, whether people have managers, you're doing concert tours and of course COVID and how that impacts it. But tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, look at, I mean, how many downloads pretty crazy. You have a, over a million monthly listeners and, you know, 43 or something, some million downloads or more, maybe at 400 million. I forget. It's some crazy numbers going on that you're doing and, and, and explain to me how that works. So like break it down. Um, what do you do? How do you live? How is a, how does someone who's talented that has all these subscribers monetize Tell me the process. Like what's going on? How does it work? Sure. Sure. I mean, it's just, it's pretty simple. I mean, I just like, I guess I will make music and then just upload it. And over the years I've developed a pretty, um, 
I wouldn't say large, but I would say very committed fan base. Mm-hmm. Who really, you know, I'm, I'm I wouldn't be here, you know, without the people that listen to me, and they're they're very ardent listeners, and I'm I'm super, you know, just very blessed to have these people, and you know, they they like my music and they they listen to it. That's basically it. It's really simple, you know. I mean, now without the, you don't need a record label or or, or a you know a contract to succeed in the music industry anymore. Right. And in fact, I would say that a lot of times those things are hindrances, right? Because for every post Malone or, or weekend, right. Um, you're going to have hundreds of artists that, you know, they drop one project, it doesn't do well. And then they're just canned forever. Also, if there's background noise, I'm sorry, there's construction going on. I don't have control over it. I apologize. No, um, no worries. I but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I basically, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to just like, make something that I enjoy and then release it. But I will say the first few years of trying to make music were very, very hard. And I, you know, I didn't see a single penny from it, but it's never really been about money. I mean, if you, if you play poker, yeah, it's about money. Right. I mean, obviously, but if you make music, I mean, if it's about the money, you're probably never going to get anywhere. And if you do, it's probably not going to be very good. That's just my opinion personally, but And, and for, again, I'm not an expert and, and just, I don't know, like the, the conversion and how to calibrate it, but just looking at, you know, I would say, yeah, you have a very successful channel. You have followers, you have people downloading. I don't know the metrics on per download and the, the money, but it seems similar to Twitch. And like you're saying, kind of cool with Twitch and poker is you don't have to be a sponsor player. You can create your own thing. You can get your own uh, affiliate deals. You can uh, work hard, push, create something. And that seems like what it's basically like now with, what I'm seeing, it's like you're saying, you start out, if you're passionate, you have some talent, you got, you got determination, you're able to create and start and you don't need all the, you know, like you look at this, the old sponsored players like Negron, you, um, you know, guys that have been around forever having deals and ambassadorship. You know, there's those guys, but then like now with Twitch, you can kind of just go for it. And if at some point you maybe get picked up or hit that next level, but you can actually make a living, create yeah. revenue and, and be passionate and build something on your own without all the, you know, needing to just uh, be at that right place, right time. It's like kind of a new right place, right time and what's available. So um, I guess my next question is, how did you get into it? What made you decide to, to take your passion and try to try to make a living and, and move forward with it? Uh, I guess that just like, you know, my... Music had always been something that I kind of used as a refuge. I had a pretty turbulent, like tumultuous childhood. And I realized once I was older that music was one of the only constants in my life. One of the only things that I could consistently go to, uh, to alleviate whatever, you know, thoughts or issues I, I might have been having. And the internet rap scene kind of was at this really odd burgeoning point in 2014, 2015, 2016. And I was observing all of it and I really loved it. I was just really in love with this kind of this underground scene. There was a bunch of really talented young guys and a few girls who were all making really, just really great stuff that was kind of pivotal in the development of music itself actually now that now that we're here in 2020 and I can look back. And anyway, I I just I saw this and I kind of asked myself the question, you know, why don't if I like this so much and I've always liked music in general and it's always been a part of my life, uh why don't I try making it, you know? And the first few things I made sucked. And for the first two years, you know, I didn't see a single penny from music. And I but I was just in love with it and I was in love with doing something because my whole life I'd never really, you know, sat down and done anything that I like liked 
You know what I mean? I, I had done fine in school and fine and whatever else, but I never really had a, a passion. And I guess I just got really lucky. And the first thing I, I tried, I just found it. You know, I really, really, really loved um, the process and just kind of the, 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 the struggle, you know, there's, there's an element of, of struggling. It's the same thing with like studying poker, you know, it's, there's an element of, it's almost enjoyable to take those really shitty losing sessions once you're off tilt to reflect on them and be like, yeah, man, I, I gotta, you know, I, I gotta just crush it now, you know? So that's kind of how I, how I, uh, kind of approached music and it's, it worked out. So. Yeah. And I do, I really do see a lot of similarities with Twitch and sort of grinding and poker and putting the work in and effort. And, and it's not for everyone. Right. And it is part of, part of the fun is that early process. Like I remember playing one, two and going to casinos and playing 18, 36 hour sessions and, you know, immersed in the grind and really like that period where it's like, all right, I don't have a play a house. I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm not here. It's like, all right, it's like, I'm really pushing for life, right? Like for pushing to like be able to do something that I love. Yeah, so like exactly. that, that is, that's powerful. And, and, uh, you know, I think again, not, it's not always necessarily the end result, right? Like you could have done that for a couple of years and gone and done whatever else you would be doing. And you still have those memories and know you tried, know you put your effort in, know you created something, you have some videos, you have some memories, you have some, you know, it's a period of your life. Like obviously the fact that you're doing it and you're successful and all that, it's great. Um, and, but I think, you know, I think the people, you know, you just, there's no guarantees, right. How people respond that you'll get to this point, uh, looking where you are now, are you kind of, are you surprised? Like, wow. Like, you know, I was just doing this for fun. I had a couple of followers and people said they liked it. Like, is it kind of cool to look up and like, oh, I have millions of downloads and millions of people oh. are, are listening to what I do. 44 million on one track here. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's super cool to, to look at it, but I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised um, because, you know, not to be arrogant, but I always did think once I did get good at it, right. I didn't start off good at it. Right. Some people are naturally good at things. Um, and I'm certainly not one of those people. So, you know, I, I did eventually after those, you know, first two years of just being not very good at it, I, I, I got good, you know, and I, I had a lot of confidence in myself and I worked really hard at the, you know, at the time, just like grinding and doing the whole, you know, social interaction for, you know, whatever thing, uh, which I don't really like. And I'm really grateful that now, again, I can be in this position where I don't have to do all of that, like uh, the social climbing shit, you know, I just, I've never really been into that, but it's, it's kind of a necessity to make it in, in any field if you want to be, you know, somebody. So, you know, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not surprised, but I'm, I'm super, I'm super happy and it, and it is super unreal in a way, right. I, it still hasn't kind of, you know, hit me in a, in a, in a sense, but, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm super surprised. I mean, you know, are you surprised that you've made, you know, people's like four times people's salary and in, in, in like yearly salary playing a tournament? It's like, no, you know, you'd be surprised if it was the first time you ever played poker, but you know, you put in 10 years of your life into, into a moment. And then it's like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad I won my flips, you know, but, but I'm not surprised that, that that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great way to, 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 to look at that and, and kind of make the comparison there. And, um, what, uh, tell me what goes in the process here. So you come up right now, you get some lyrics, you make, do you, so one of the things I've, I've been told and what I understand about you and correct me if I'm wrong is you do, do you do your own producing or you do produce as well? So you're, or is no, so I, um, I, I do produce, but I, I don't produce much of my own stuff. I've, I have produced for myself, but mostly, um, 
I do the engineering and the mixing, right? So the producer is the one making, I guess, the the beat, you know, uh, arranging things, making the sounds, putting them together, you know, the 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 instrumental generally. And then engineering is taking all of those sounds, taking all the vocals, taking, you know, everything and making them sound good. Because uh, I'm not sure, I mean, I'm not sure if the audience or you is familiar with, with, uh, with like raw vocal recordings, but, uh, they don't, they don't sound very good a lot of the time. So you have to right. you know, put these effects on them. You have to alter them. You have to edit them. And, uh, that's, that's the process, uh, that I, that I do. And I, you know, I really enjoy, I, I like doing it a lot. And, and so like when you come up right now, this, the, the song, you know, I fucked up 44 million views. Tell me how that works. You have an idea, you come up with a concept, you, you, you write, the, you do the lyrics, you write it down. And then how, how long does that take from generally, if you have an idea and you, and you get a song and you come up with it before you like start the first words, the first sort of structure of it to like getting put out on a Spotify, for example, or making a music video. Right. So I would say, I mean, with that song specifically, um, I was with my friend, uh, Jackie boy who produced the song and he, just showed me the beat and I'm just like, dude, this is, this is a fucking hit, man. So literally the same day, you know, I wrote the whole song and instead of recording it, I was like, all right, usually I immediately will, will start recording. Like if I've written a song first, I hear a beat then I make lyrics to the beat based on, you know, whatever emotions that evokes out of me. And then I, record it, make it and release it. And actually that, that's generally what I've done with a lot of this. I mean, most of the albums I've ever made have been made within the span of like two to three days. Um, I'll take a long time writing them, but recording them is, is very fast. But with I fucked up, it was, you know, he showed me the beat and I was just like, yeah, super good. You know, we took it home, went over the lyrics again, made like polished them. You know, I would just, I would just run things by him and he'd be like, no, that's kind of corny or, you know, yeah, that's really good. Next day we go to the studio, we recorded it. I mixed it. And it was just like, it was just done. You know, the, one of the, one of the guys at the studio was like, Hey, you should, you should scream in the background. And I'm like, really? And then it, that ended up kind of making the song what it was, you know? So it was, uh, yeah, that was just kind of a really special moment. And I think it's, it translated into being, you know, my biggest song. So I just look at it. It's to me, it's fascinating the parallels with poker, just at least how I would envision like a tournament too. Cause you know, it's funny. Um, you know, like a song, like one of the, your favorites, for example, the ones you love the most, I, I have no idea. I just would imagine that you know, maybe like one that got three or 11 million might be your favorite or like something that meant more to you, but one you just don't know. It's similar like a tournament. You don't, you write, you play tournaments. You don't know you're going to win the main event. You're going to win a hundred dollar on uh, in the afternoon on a Monday. You know, so yeah. like you're doing the same thing. You're doing what you love. You're playing a game or you're making music. And you don't really know what's going to like emerge or be the, the most, the best uh, in the moment. Um, yeah. You know, is it how sensitive is it? Is it timing? Is it when they're released? Is it if you get, you know, collaborations? Is it, uh, you know, could it be like a greatest song that you mess up a, a verse or a lyric or something that just doesn't work or it's it's not good? And like, they could have been the great, you know, it just seems like such a butterfly effect or how yeah. it really like something becomes like, and it's funny in music too. Like you think about song people and I do this, especially like a song that comes out and it's catchy and it's fun. And it's like, you listen to it all the time, right? You'll be driving during a two week period or something. You listen to it every time you're in the car and then it kind of goes away and something new comes and like, you kind of play out a song, but you know, just kind of funny, like what makes a song really like people love it and what the difference is. And, and, and can you speak a little bit on that? Like the luck element and, and, and have you ever been really surprised or also really disappointed give me one of each maybe on songs yeah i mean i've definitely I, that's the thing is like i don't really have specifics with songs i i kind of 
you know, I like them all and I hate them all at the same time. It's kind of hard to explain, you know, but um, there's an element of me that's, that's definitely, you know, always super happy to see, you know, any streams on a song. Cause I'm just like, wow, people actually care about what I have to say. People are listening. And then the other part of me, you know, it's like this duality of man type thing where I'm pissed that it's not a, you know, a, a billboard multi-platinum hit. Right. And I think that's just, that's just the way it is. You know, if you're the the sort of, you know, person that I am the same way that, you know, if you're playing tourneys, you know, you know that you're better than everyone there, but sometimes you just lose the flip or I don't know how to translate it exactly yeah. into music, yeah. but it's just like, you know, you, you always want to get first. You always want to bink the tournament. You know, I always want to bink the songwriting process, but you know, sometimes it doesn't happen, but I will say that, yeah, some there's, there is one element in music. I would say that's just kind of this element of soul or spirit that uh, songs can kind of take on that you don't have any control over at the end of the day, right? The music industry wants to make the biggest songs ever that sell insane amounts of copies. And nowadays it just, you know, you see that all of these huge songs that come up, some of them are orchestrated, right? Like, uh, like WAP with Cardi B and, and, and Megan, right? Like that's, that was an orchestrated thing. But if you take the biggest song that's ever existed, the Lil Nas X old town road song, right? Like the industry would have killed to have this guy's song from the get go. But this is just a song that organically came up. It hit a moment, you know, it had this, it had like the soul of TikTok imbued with it. And that song kind of in and of itself changed the music industry and also made this guy rich for life and also made some, some music industry executives, some, some more money, but it's uh, it's it's kind of yeah. There's always this thing, this element of unpredictability with how a song's going to be received, and if it sounds good but it doesn't have that that oomph, you know, you you get a lot of a lot of pop music's like that. Like it, it kind of sounds good, like it's sonically there, but it doesn't have that wow, that's really hitting me factor. Whereas you can have the opposite where there there is that you know it's super hitting me factor, but it doesn't even sound good. You know, there, there's a lot of kind of. Mm, interweaving paths that, that music can take. But yeah, I, I would agree with you that there, there is this element of, of unpredictability with, with everything uh, in, in the musical realm. And, and what's your favorite part of the process? Do you enjoy like the first bit of it? Do you love to see it finished the middle? Like what, what is in a, in a song do you actually like the most of it all or seeing it go live and people love it and comment? What, what is like your most best part of being what you do? Not to be cheesy, but I would say that it's, you know, it's between the creative process, especially when it's hard, like, right. Cause like a lot of times you can write a song and it's easy and you make it and it's, it's all easy and then you release it, but you don't really feel like you've accomplished anything because it was so easy. Like I kind of like getting stuck in a song. Like I kind of like failing a lot, you know, I've had songs that have taken me like a month to write when I'm looking at it every single day type of thing. Right. Um, and I guess the other thing that's my favorite part is just seeing people's, you know, reactions when I get, when I get positive, not like a lot of plays, but you know, when I get, you know, fans that have been listening to me for, you know, three plus years and they come and say, Hey man, your new song is like the best, uh, you know, best thing you've made. And it, it made me really happy and it got me through a moment. Um, that's kind of the stuff where I'm like, wow, okay, cool. I actually did something. 
Yeah, that's that's yeah. It's always nice to get that uh, that that kind of feedback and know you are making a difference for people, which is I think that's ultimately again if you're able to do that, do something you love and it helps other people and people like it. It's it's a it's a definitely a gift to to have. Uh, I, I did see and I think even in a post on Instagram. Um, so you guys also real quick, though, I want to mention that if you guys want to retweet this, uh, there is giving away a fifty five dollar ticket at the end. Someone's gonna get a poker ticket there, courtesy of Party Poker. We're gonna go ahead and, and take some of these questions. And uh, if you enter, you are eligible. So go ahead. And there are some, some really funny questions on there. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely, you know, we'll we'll spend we'll leave a little time to kind of go through go through some of these. And I, I saw some of the stuff asked. There was it did look look they were fun and also some good questions that I that I'm going to use myself or we'll, we'll hit to it at the end. But you know, I did see you know you were you were referencing that you've been you know again a, I don't like not to go into details, but it, you were saying. Uh, needed some time, take some time off. Does that happen sometimes where you get burnt out or do you find like, I guess more of my question is about being creatively stuck. Like, is it difficult? Sometimes music's rolling off for you. Sometimes you just like, can't think of anything to do. I would think that is something that is, um, you know, for a poker term, I sign on Twitch, I play stuff's there. It's done for me for what you're doing. You got to have the creative spark. It's got to mean something to you. You got to be in the mood to do it and, and kind of go. So do you, uh, is there times where you just kind of like don't want to do anything? And how does that, how, how yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's a really stressful career because uh, tomorrow's never guaranteed type of thing. And it's just like, you know, it's really hard sometimes, you know, for me, it's, it's also been like, especially hard where I'm in this stage of my life where I have to really, you know, consolidate what I'm doing for the future. And I have all these different avenues and I really love music and I'm just in this kind of odd spot of, of future uncertainty. And, you know, it's, it's definitely been, you know, really stressful. I think with the compounded, you know, added layer of COVID kind of making it so that I can't tour, I can't go see my friends, you know, I can't travel at all. Right. Uh, You know, I've kind of felt really caged and, you know, it's easy to complain, you know, when you, you know, whatever, obviously my life's not that bad. I'm not, I'm not actually really complaining about it, so to speak, but yeah, I was just, you know, I was just having a really, really, really bad, bad time for, you know, a, a few months, uh, a few months there and kind of just acting like I wasn't. And, uh, I guess I'm still kind of in that phase, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting help and whatnot. And I'm just trying to kind of, you know, progress. Cause I guess just, again, you know, I'm done 24 and it's this really odd, uncertain time in my life. And I'd say in the world in general, you know, I feel like a lot of people are, are kind of sharing that, that sentiment, you know, but I think that for me, it's just, you know, figuring out answers to kind of lifelong problems that I've had and, yeah, I, they're not even all directly related to music, but you know, it is what it is. And we, you know, we all go through stuff and we all have to kind of, we all got to come back to the table after taking the bad beat eventually. Right. If you want to get anywhere in life. So. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, mental health is one of those things that is sort of uh, getting a lot of attention over the last few years. And, you know, it's just one of those things that like, again, it's nice to know you're not alone. Like a lot of people, like, ever, listen, you get out of bed some days, you don't want to get out of bed, right? You're tired. You're, you're, you got shit going on. You got, problems everyone's got stuff you know if you do like some yeah. personal development courses um where you're, you're based you're in you're out of california originally right yeah yeah i'm in uh, from oakland oakland okay. california yeah i mean i've done a couple of personal development classes and i think that's really what you when you get from people from all different um economic uh situations all different races gen- like you, you kind of get in a room and people start talking and what i got the most out of this kind of stuff is like everyone's got issues it doesn't matter like either your family you personally your neighbor like 
people go through stuff in life. Like that's one of the things it's kind of like when you start thinking like, Oh man, I like everyone kind of has some sort of, there's different degrees, but you know, you, you realize that you're not that different. People were all kind of, we're humans. We deal with things, things happen, bad things happen, good things happen. And you know, it's uh, it's, it's about controlling your emotion and, and it's easier said than done. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a very serious thing. It's getting a lot of attention and rightfully so, uh, in this time. And also being on, being on Twitch, being on doing what you do, like you said, there's a lot of pressure too. It's like, people are looking at what's next. Oh, that was great. You just crushed a, you, know, you crushed a, a song and an album or whatever. It's like, all right, what's next? Yeah. Where do I go from there? And that, that's like, you're, you're constantly raising the bar and you know, that's not, doesn't sound easy, right? It does sound like there is, is some stress with that. What is it? What is your name? Convolk? What does that even, what does that mean? I saw you reference, you can't say, or it's like, is that like a secret in a way or is it? No, not? no, no. It was, uh, so the name Convolk, I guess was, uh, initially it was just Volk V O L K, which means wolf in Russian, which is, I guess my, my native tongue. And, uh, then I learned that Volk also meant like, the people in Nazi Germany. And I was like, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe not a good idea to, to just have that. So I, I added a, a, you know, a, a Spanish suffix or sorry, Spanish prefix in front of it con as in with. So I guess it just means like with the wolf, you know, so to speak. But, um, there's always, I guess, been that I've always liked the, the wolf as like an animal, you know, I've always felt like kind of the lone wolf, kind of the guy to the side, the, the, you know, the, the loner, the outlier, whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I guess it's a name that just resonated with me and also wasn't, you know, it's not a name where if your name's like, you know, cabinet door handle, if someone looks that up, they're not going to immediately see you. But if you look up Convolk, even like the first two days after I made the name, I was the first thing to pop up. So right. I just made sure to, to, to get that good old SEO and make sure everything is, uh, is not bad uh, on the internet sphere, but yeah, I, uh, I guess, you know, that's, that's what it means. Very cool. I like it. It does. It's catchy. It's uh, it's, uh, I like the name. Um, you are credited at least from what I understand, uh, list a little peep and yourself contribute to the emo trap subgenre rap. Can you maybe, is that, is that true? And what does that mean? What is this? What is this emo? I'm not really familiar. How would you describe your style and what is that? Yeah, mean? there's this, there's this funny, uh, entry on, uh, on, on, uh, I think it's called a uh, famous birthdays.com. Uh, and it's like, Oh, along with low peep combo contributed to the like alternative emo rap genre. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, but I, yeah, I guess uh, I wouldn't say I contributed. I'm not saying that I like started uh, a genre or a sound or, you know, if I, if people decide I contribute, like that's not for me to say, right? Like if, if I contributed, that's not, I can't say that I did, right? Like I'd have no idea because I, I can't look at it from, from the outside looking in. I can only look at it as, as what I did. And for me, all I did was make songs. But uh, yeah, I guess emo rap is kind of, or emo trap or whatever you want to call it, is kind of the genre that I'm in where you're blending elements of um, emo music, you know, rock music, and music that has kind of a, uh, I guess, an emotional output um, with elements of rap, right? So I guess rap traditionally up until very recently, actually, it's never been used um, like popular, big, you know, popular rap songs haven't frequently been used as like mediums of expressing, you know, uh, emotional things. Right. Uh, there are obviously examples of, of them actually being that way, like, you know, diggable planets, you know, tribe called quest, they had emotional subjects, but, uh, they weren't drawing off of like, uh, you know, emo music or rock music to the same degree that kind of the new wave of that is. And so, 
yeah, basically, you know, a bunch of people all collectively kind of transformed a lot of elements of rap into what it is today. And, you know, now it kind of has this extra added element that takes from, from emo and rap and like this little subgenre that it has. So that that's the way I would, I, I would say it, but, you know, I'm sure that if, if music Twitter or, you know, uh, you know, music aficionados got their hands on me saying this, I'd get clowned or something, but, uh, you know, I definitely think that obviously rap has always been a way to express all types of emotions, negative, positive, you know, sad, whatever. Um, and it's always existed, but specifically using the instrumentation of like emo and rock music, I think is a pretty relatively recent thing. So that's kind of what I'm a, a part of. And and who's a, what, what consists of your team, you know, in terms of social media managers, organizing you're you're a one-man record yeah i have my i have my manager dylan who just like helps me out with uh you know drafting like producer agreements and you know he helps email back uh people who like lost their merch and you know he's i mean he's helped me with a lot of things there's like a there's a list of things that i could i could live but he just he helps me function i guess as a as an artist um but that's literally it i don't have like a a pr guy or you know i don't have like a a producer group i just have you know, internet friends and, and my manager. And that's kind of, that's kind of it. That's kind of all I've, I've needed. You know, I'm not, I'm not signed to a label. I'm, I d- distribute independently through distro kid, which you could go sign up on right now if you wanted to go release music. So right. um, yeah, kind of a very uh, minimal approach to, uh, to, to it. Right. And, and which part of that you said you, you enjoy kind of the process, but in terms of social media booking tours, like, what you, when you said you can't go on tour right now, what is uh, some of the tours you've been on? Have you gone on, how long are the tours and where have you been? What's your favorite place? Yeah, I, I've done, uh, I've done some Midwest shows. Um, you know, I did a quick Texas tour, you know, just really small stuff. And then, uh, last year I, I, I've also had like a physical ailment for, for like, you know, a couple years that really made me not be able to do tours last year. And then this year I started exercising and kind of breaking through that, that, uh, that barrier that, that, that I guess God set upon me or something. Um, but unfortunately, you know, you, you can't tour right now, but you know, I've, I, I did a small, just a two show tour in Russia for a week, you know, like two, two sold out shows. If I may say so myself, you know, really, really fun time, really good time. And, uh, they're crazy out there and yeah, yeah, Texas, I've done shows, you know, California, New York, but I've never had like a full on tour. And I was actually planned for this year to have an all over, America, then hitting Europe, like three month long tour, you know, America, Europe, and then Russia, um, with a lot of space in between. And then eventually like a Japan tour and stuff like that. But, uh, unfortunately, you know, again, COVID struck and just really fucked up a lot of people's plans, you know, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not complaining at the end of the day, I'm still alive and breathing. So, you know, I'm doing fine. For but, sure. and, and have you found with COVID and, and that there's definitely negative impacts for yourself personally, a lot of people in the world, what about in terms of you as an artist, as focus and putting out content production, have you found that you've been more productive, getting more things done or is it kind of, yeah, it's, I don't know, man, I've been less productive for sure. I don't know. I I don't think it's really COVID. I just think that I've had a lot of like internal, like discipline issues my whole life. And it's really hard for me to just sit down and and do stuff just in general. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just been really, really kind of, uh, unable to, to, I don't, I don't know. I find finding myself kind of, kind of frozen and a lot of circumstances in my life that are extraneous, just compound that and make it worse. But, uh, 
Yeah, I, I found it. You know, this year's been been probably one of the one of the roughest. I guess twenty twenty was one of the roughest. You know, hopefully, hopefully things kind of alleviate soon, and you know, people get vaccinated or it goes away. Or, you know, whatever the fuck happens, happens, and uh, we can kind of, I guess, move on collectively. And when you perform, this is actually also curious because you do you do the music, you do your thing, you record stuff, and you're young. And how does it work when you? I had Puya on. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how familiar you are with him, and he like. Uh, yeah, I, I listened to Puya before I even made music, man. I'm I'm a huge fan. I DM'd him like, "Hey, man, if you wanna if you wanna study poker, like, you know, let's let's hang out, and study poker." And he's just like, "Uh, yeah, okay." <laughs> it was he just kind of dubbed me, but it's fine, you know. I'm I'm probably you know just. He probably gets hit up by like a million people all day. Yeah, just like I, I, he's, he's a really funny guy, man. I really lo- I love his. I, I Dude, love yeah, him. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of his, man. I, I love I love like all the underground dudes that kind of set the, I mean, dude, I, I, I don't think I would exist without Puya. I don't think I'd exist without, you know, bones and, and I'll, uh, there's, I could list a billion artists right now, but like, you know, they, they kind of paved the way for, all for each other and for the next generation and for the generation that comes after and, and so on down the road, you know, until this whole scene stops being a thing, which hopefully is very, very long in the future. You know, hopefully there's just like an infinite series of, of, you know, people on the internet, just making shit that they like. That sounds good. You know? Yeah. And, and how, so how, like, give me, give me the two styles. How similar are you guys, Puya and your music tip you're explaining to people? Oh, super, super different. I'd say, but I think that like, he could, he could make music that sounds like mine and I could make music that sounds like his and both of them would be good. Um, you know, I've experimented with making harder shit and I haven't released it. Um, but Puya has released some songs that are much, you know, softer and more, you know, emotional and, uh, have kind of an angsty ennui to them. And, uh, I think they sound great. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of his music for sure. And, just like, you know, as a, as a guy, you know, he seems like just like a solid dude to hang out with. And he seems like a, he's a really, you know, good friend to his friends and loyalty is super, you know, important to me in a, in a world where people, you know, stab each other in the back all the time. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I definitely, uh, I'm definitely a, a fan, a fan of his, you know. Very, very cool. And, and what, uh, what would you say? What's the, all the places you said Russia was crazy. Where did you just like, the energy was like, you know, you're like, man, that's not what I was expecting. Or this, this place was just amazing country or whatever city. Dude. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Russia would be like the, the, the dopest place. I mean, Moscow was just like this crazy show with like the venue filled. And I got like accosted after the show and I had to go to the hospital because my heart was acting up and like, it was just a bunch of, wow. you know, crazy compoundments into, into one, but it, you know, it's a great time and they really, they really show love out there and, in Russia and in, in, I would say probably in a lot of non-American, um, countries, AKA all of, all of them, uh, they, they definitely like, especially, you know, Eastern Europeans, um, they have a really special relationship I'd say with music that I, you know, that I maybe also have, uh, and yeah, it's, it's just, they're just crazy about it. You know, if they like you as an artist, they'll, you know, they'll camp outside your fucking hotel room. If they find out where you live, which literally happened to me, you know, I had a, like a, like 20 people just outside my, my hotel being like, yo man, like, what's up? And I was like, yo, this is really cool. Like I fuck with this a lot, actually. Like I I like it, you know, although I'm sure I'd, I'd hate it if it went on for like a long time or, you know, if it was like an everyday thing, but you know, it's super surreal to see, you know, I'm just like a, the fat nerdy kid, you know, to then, you know, one day wake up when he's, you know, 22, 23 and seeing, 
the fruits of his labor realized and a bunch of people outside being like, Hey man, your music had an effect on me. That's like, you know, that's surreal. I, I think that, you know, you can, I could die happy, honestly, in a way, but, um, yeah, it's pretty, I still want more. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still never satisfied, but right. Yeah. That's, yeah. How, it, that's and, how that is. And how do you, so that's, I guess what I was going to ask as well. Cause Puya, you know, like strikes me, you know, the guy just goes out, he puts like crazy stuff. He posts, he's just kind of, just goes and does whatever he kind of wants and feels and, and just kind of got into it. Now he's on stage and performing. How is it to go on stage for the first time? Like when you actually, you got music, you got some success, you got a lot of downloads, your first tour, like your first, yeah. I'm going, let's say you're going to Russia. Where, where was your first like official, like, all right, you got an event. Where was that? Yo, that's, that's funny that you asked. My first show is, I think it was 2017 or 18. I, I think it was 2017. And it was definitely 2017. It was in like the summer. It was like March or further March, March 3rd. I don't know, whatever February, but I thought it was a summer. I don't know. It was hot. It was in LA and two people showed up to see me at like this really, really long list of different underground artists that kind of helped me get my own first show. And there were, there was like seven or eight people in the audience. There was nobody. So there was nobody there basically. And there were just two people there that were like, Hey man, we're here to, we're here to see you. And, uh, I was just like, wow, that's really cool. You know, but it, it's just like, it's so funny. Cause I was, I was super nervous. And then I was like, there's no one there. And I'm like, ah, why am I nervous? There's no, there's no one here. And you know, no one gave a shit. So it was super cool to see how from, you know, just having two people, you know, I had a, a, a you know, 10 people the next show and then, you know, 25, the next show. And I'm just like, okay, well, something, something's happening here, you know? So, but it was not, I actually, I liked it, man. I, I was, I was grateful to have zero people, you know, just to be on a stage is, is cool with me, honestly. So yeah, that, that is, and, and do you think that helped a little bit? Cause like, I guess that's sort of how it works, right? Same with, same with the, anything, Twitch, this, that you, you start, it doesn't just start like big or, you know, you go and, and how it works. So is it in a way to kind of just like prepare you? Cause like that first time you got there, like, oh, it's cool. There's a few people here, but it's sort of relaxed, right? You're not in front of 500, 2000 people getting on and getting nervous. So was it kind of, you, you just segued through it where it was not a overwhelming experience. Like once you got to hundred, 200, 300 people, were you kind of like, all right, this is, this is like, were you ever kind of like nerve wracked or it was just like so sequential that it didn't really. Yeah, happen? it can, it can be, you know, for me, it's kind of an, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to say good at it, but I'm, I'm comfortable with it, if that makes sense. So I, you know, my first shows were the worst, I guess, because there weren't people there, but as soon as there's a bunch of people there to see you, you know, you feel, or at least I feel so blessed that they even are there for me that it kind of just, I don't like, what the fuck am I going to be nervous about? Like these people want to see me. That's so crazy to me. Right. Like how lucky is that? You know, people give a shit. And as soon as, as soon as I thought of it like that, yeah, I, I never really had stage fright or, or fear of, you know, failure or anything. You know, I, f- I feel super comfortable on stage. You know, it's, it's very natural uh, for me at least. And what do you think is your, superpower in music what makes you uh there's a lot of talented artists there's a lot of people uh in in the in different genres and whatnot what makes you do you think that you have such a loyal uh fan base and then what what stylistic is it your is it your passion is it your your gifted vocally your creativity what what is sort of like that stands out or is just kind of you just yeah i don't think i um i don't think i'm very you know gifted vocally you know i don't think i make uh, I don't know. I certainly am not that great of a singer. You know, I don't think that my mixing is the best, 
But I think that's something that, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not saying I'm the best at anything, but I think that's something that's certainly uh, very strong that I have is just honesty. You know, like I'll talk about subjects and songs that I feel like a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about, right? Like, you know, I kind of am really transparent in, in most of my music where I'm not putting on an act, I'm not putting on a facade, you know, I'm not acting like fake hard, you know, I'm talking about stuff that like, hey, you know, I'm insecure about this thing and I don't have an answer to it, you know, and I'll just basically say that in my music with in, in not so many words. And so I think that's something that, you know, people that really get into me, I think that that's what they're drawn to. If I, if I had to guess, you know, it's just that, you know, I'm honest and I'm, I'm not, I think a lot of music, this is something that really bothered me off the, off the bat. It's just a lot of music, just like fucking fake, or, or even if the music's not fake, like the musicians are, you know, it's like, you're talking about guns, but you've never, you never fucking shot anyone, you know, you don't, you don't even own one, bro. It's just like stuff like that. Or like talking about like, Oh, I'm, getting a lot of bitches and it's like are you really like i don't i don't think you are bro like you're single and and no girl talks to you you're like five two you know so it's like stuff like that always kind of miffed me so i was just like you know even if people think i'm cringe or weird or whatever i'm just gonna be honest you know and a lot of people probably do think i'm weird you know and and they're right you know that's the whole point is that you know as soon as you stop the facade and you're just completely transparent with who you are uh People, I mean, I don't know, people resonate with it. There's kind of almost like a begrudging respect, even the people that don't like it, right? Like if I tell, I mean, this is inappropriate, but if I'm like, yo, hey, every guy scratches their balls and sniffs their hand, you're going to be like, yo, don't say that on my fucking podcast. That's weird. But it's like, it's it's just true. Stuff that's like uncomfortable or weird or gross or nasty. It's something that's, I feel like that makes us superhuman. You know, it's like, that's what makes us human is having these feelings, having this, you know, this stuff that we don't like about ourselves, you know, whatever. So I was just always really, really, really transparent with it. That's like my, my, my credo. That's like my biggest thing. And I, I think that that's what people fucking resonate with, you know, as weird as things can be as cringe as whatever, they're like, well, you know, shit, he's not lying, you know? So I think that that's the, that's the thing. And, and tell me now with, with music, what is sort of like the the checklist? If someone right here just sees this, they're inspired, they kind of like music, they're young. How do they get into to to get going? Like you know, on streaming, you need a camera, you need a PC that can support going live. What do you need to start recording music to to, to head on the path these days? Well, if you want to start recording music, obviously you need the equipment. Um, so the rudimentary things would be just like a computer that can handle a little bit of stuff at least. Uh, mic. Uh, you can get a USB mic if you know you're broke. That's what I started with. You know, I used my last 150 bucks on the shitty little USB mic and I made all of my music with it for two years and it sucked, but it worked, you know, and I got the idea across and then I used the 600 bucks that I got after like two years. Cause again, I didn't make shit, um, to buy the next mic, which was way better. And then it started sounding good. And then people, you know, listen to it more so on and so forth. So you need a mic. Um, if you have a USB mic, then boom, plug it into your computer. If you don't, you also need an interface, which is this thing that plugs into your computer, volume knobs, whatever. But I'd say the biggest thing that you need for making music, you know, beyond all the physical stuff is just the desire to actually make music for music's sake. Like I didn't want to be famous. I didn't give a shit. Like I was just like, yo, I have this music. I think it's good. I want people to listen to it for sure. But the point is to just like express all this stuff that I've bottled up inside myself over however many years. 
And, uh, if that's your goal, I think you'll do a lot better than if your goal is to like be famous or be rich. I mean, if you want to be rich, just study poker. Don't, don't, don't go into music, man. I I promise you that. Um, and the other thing is like learning marketing, learning how to, uh, make sure that people can hear your music. If you really want to turn it into a career, you're going to need people to listen to it. So, you know, learning how to market it, learning how to get people interested in it, you know, creating an image of yourself that, that people are interested in that is ideally realistic. You know, for me, it was being hyper transparent, right? Like overly transparent to a point where I'm just like, yeah, Hey, my image is like a fat nerdy guy. And people were like, yeah, cool. I like this. You know, it's, it's just, it's honest. Um, I never pretended to be like cool or, you know, different. I wore some cool clothes and I still, I like clothes, I guess, but I'm not wearing it for any other reason than I just like wearing it, you know? So stuff like that, I would just say, you know, be, if you're going to make a fake image, make it a really good fake one, you know, whatever. And, uh, be ready to grind. You know, a lot of it's really thankless and some of the biggest artists, you know, uh, no one gave a shit for like five whole years and then they got found or in like, and then something happened. So it has to be something that you're ready to like live your whole life being broke with basically, you know? So that's how I see it. Maybe I'm wrong. It's interesting. I guess it's, it's hard to know. Like when you, um, when you make it or when you, uh, you know, how, when to hold on. I mean, that's so true in a lot of careers and industries, right? It's like, you got to go through it. And I think ultimately you got to know if it makes you happy at any point where you during this, this run before you kind of caught, caught wind and steam and, you know, things, I guess, happen fast, probably, right. It goes from like one, two or five, you get a little bit of downloads, you get on Spotify, you get verified or however it works, right. The same process. Yeah. And then it kind of takes off at some point. Was there a period of time where you were like, man, mm, you know, I'm looking at doing something else or did you have to have another job to supplement income or did you? No, I, I never thought about, I will say this. Like I always had doubts. Sorry for moving the computer. I always had doubts about, um, dude, I have doubts to this day, right? Like even today, I'm just like, man, fuck. Like, I hope that, you know, all these people still like my stuff. Like, I hope I don't fuck up, you know, those sorts of thoughts I, I just always have. And again, I shouldn't say that, but I do, you know, part of the transparency thing, I guess. But, uh, yeah, even before I guess, like, you know, quote unquote, catching wind or, or whatever, I, I always had doubts and, and fears, more, more fears, less doubts, more fears and anxieties about the future or what, what was in style, like what was in store for me, but I've never even considered like having a different career in the sense of I've never considered, Oh, you know, what, what will I do if this fails? I've always just been like, you know, fuck it. I I refuse to fail type of thing. So again, it's like a weird duality where half of me is like, man, I'm really worried. And the other half of me is like, yeah, I don't give a shit at all. I can't fail, you know? So it's like, it's really weird. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, I've had worries, but I also kind of just brush them to the side and say, fuck it. I'm just going to do it anyway. So there, I think that's what, that's what worked. Is there a, is there a like formula or a certain number where you officially like, you can be like, all right, that guy's probably making a living strictly. Like is a certain amount of downloads is a certain amount of followers on a platform. Like what's like, uh, or is it just too hard to tell? Cause how does it work? Like Spotify pays per download or something or. No. So they say so it's per stream. Uh, they pay. Well, here's the thing. It's really different. If you're an independent musician, you, you need a lot less to, to make money cause you're collecting a hundred percent of your royalties or not a hundred percent, but you're collecting a percentage, whatever splits you have with producers and whatever, you know, goes to them, but you're, you're, you're collecting a lot of your royalties. Whereas if you're signed, um, to a label, they can take anywhere from 15 to like 85% of everything you make. 
So, you know, there are artists that have, you know, 10 million monthly listeners that make probably like a hundred K a year, you know, and they make most of their money from like touring and merch, which, you know, touring doesn't exist right now type of thing. Right. Uh, Where can people get your merch. Oh, I don't, I don't have any right now. I do kind of limited releases, uh, but I'll let, I'll let, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you a, I'll send you a shirt or something that you Please. want. If you want anything. Yeah. Uh, next time I have a, a merch drop, man. But uh, uh, it, it, I'll, yeah, we'll have to exchange. We'll do a little, uh, we'll do a swap on that. That would, I would, I would like that, man. I, I think that's cool. How did that feel seeing people at your concerts and, and you see people wearing your stuff around? That's gotta be pretty, pretty, pretty. Dude, it's, a, it's a really, I don't know. It makes you think. Cause it's just like, it's something that most people will never get to see. And it's just like, damn, I'm fucking lucky as hell. You know, that's, that's really all I can think. I'm just like, how the fuck did I get here? I don't, you know, I'm not even worthy of this. You know, like these people are awesome. That's pretty much, pretty much how I see it. You know? Yeah. That's uh man. What a, what a feeling. And, and how do you get, how do you get verified? What are the parameters on, on Spotify? Cause you know, again, every platform has their stuff. Uh, dude, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I've been verified organically on, on any platform that I'm verified on. And like on Twitter, I'm still not verified. And it's like, that's fine. You know, I, I never really give a, gave a shit about verification beyond just not having people steal my stuff. Cause that does happen where people will upload my music and claim it as their own, which is annoying, but you know, it's something I deal with, whatever. Uh, but yeah, the verification thing is just, just happens organically. Uh, for me, some people have to like submit and some people have a label do it for them. And some people just also have it organically. I, everyone's kind of different. And when you do drop a song, what, how does that work? Is you have like a party when you put it up on Spotify, you know, it's a big one. And it's, it's gotta be kind of fun to see it like go live and just sort of take its course. Like how, how is it like crypto or something you're sweating, you know, like get a refresh, refresh. Are you, are you yeah. like, <laughs> all the time? And at what point do you kind of like, all right, it hit where it's going to hit. So with the advent of social media, I'm uh, I just, what I do is I just make a song, say I'm going to upload it on a certain date. People are like, cool. I'm, I'm waiting for it. And then I upload it and I post on social media and that's it. You know, super simple. And uh, between you and me, yeah, I kind of I kind of do watch the plays roll in sometimes. And, uh, you know, it feels good because it's always cool to see it jump from like, you know, a thousand. And then you leave your house, you go eat and you come back and you go to bed and you wake up. It's a 10,000. You're like, nice. You know, sick. People give a shit. People are still here. They still got me turned on. They're following. They're they're not. You know, yeah, for sure. That's. That's pretty, pretty cool. What, uh, what has been your biggest, biggest learning in this process that, you know, kind of, like you say, embrace the grind, you love it all. What was like the most, the, when you said, all right, I'm going to go do music. I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to, I'm going to make a living doing this. What was maybe the biggest surprise or challenge to actually from, from when you started to where you are now? Yeah. It's the same stuff that I'm you know struggling with now. It's just discipline, right? Like my whole life, I've always been someone who was, uh, just able to kind of get through things without working at it. Right. Um, like I got through school fine, you know, gone to college, did well in the ACTs, you know, I bullshit my final senior paper and call it like everything I've ever done has been like minimal effort. I don't know why I've always had this, like, I don't give a shit attitude, but I have. And now that I'm basically solely responsible for anything that happens in my life, you know, I can't blame things on anyone. It's all on me. I'm, I'm like a slacker. I'm kind of like a naturally lazy guy. I've never liked working. And now it's like, I have to force myself to do that. So that's kind of the biggest lesson to learn is that this thing that I've been resisting my whole life, which is, I guess, like 
authority and discipline and, you know, things that are, you know, controlling me or telling me what to do type of thing. Right. I have to embrace them or I'm not going to make it. You know what I mean? Like if I don't have, like, this is something I've noticed about you that I really admire is like, dude, you, I mean, and then you notice the way that I, I like couldn't, I wouldn't text you back just like, not cause I, you know, I'm like ignoring you. I'd like read the text and I'd be like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I should text him. And then I feel guilty about it and not do it for two days type of thing. Whereas you as a person, you know, you fucking grind, man, you stream pretty much every day you know, multiple hours grinding multiple tournaments, you know, you're doing these podcasts, whether or not you don't give a shit if they give you, you just, you're doing the podcast. Like you have this mentality of like, go fucking get it, eat, go work. You know, you probably work out, you know, all this shit. And, uh, that's something that I've, I, that's my biggest thing. Cause that doesn't come naturally to me at all. I'm not conscientious at all. I like so lazy. So that's, I think the biggest lesson that I've needed to learn is that like, I need to be more like that and less like someone who just, you know, kind of lies around and then is punished by, by fate for it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, again, yes and no, I agree that you obviously to get to where you are, it takes a lot. There's a lot of, uh, or else more people would do it. It does take a lot of work because that first step's difficult to say, all right, I got to do this. I got to go get a computer. I got to get this. I got to learn how to do this. You got it's like uncomfortable. All right, this is going to happen. You you play through the scenarios and you can't really know how it's going to end up. Um, but with that being said, it's also about balance, right? I think that's one of the key words in life that it's obvious, but it's just can't say it enough. Like you don't if you if you do right now, you wake up and you do 12 hours of writing and and stream recording and, you know, it's it's just like you you know you want to work out you want to have some some sun you want to meditate whatever you want to talk to friends you want to go out walk around you want to you know it's important to balance because like when you get at least in my opinion when I find they're like oh I do sixteen hour streams back to back like say during like a big tournament series right like the World Poker Tour and Party Poker when I'm playing on there if it's a series like two weeks there's times where I'll just like everything's out there and this is now I have a, I have a two year old son almost a two year old son I'm married and this is a little different than when I was like pre, you know, you're 24. It's crazy. Like I'm 34. I mean, it's a lot, big difference. And again, to see where you're at, it's pretty impressive. Like to, to have your stuff, you know, moving and mil- millions and millions of people are listening. It's like, it's pretty cool, but you're also super young in the scheme of things. But you know, that that's like, it's a process that if you get out of balance, it's really easy for things. And that's anything. I think anyone that does something all the time, doesn't keep track, you know, take care of their life, other areas. If you get two out of one way, cause it's like, some mentality is, oh, I'm just going to do all go balls to the wall. I'm going to, I'm going to get this song done. I'm going to focus. And that's, that's cool. And that's good. But still like you, I think the best practice is that balance. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to work out. I'm going to get good sleep. I'm going to do these things. And then maybe I'll do a little extra, but if it just goes all one way, it's just easy for stuff to kind of all get out of whack. And I mean, again, like that, that's true for, I think almost anyone anywhere uh, on anything. And we all have different degrees of what that means and like how we're able to recalibrate. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like you can do that. You can get out of balance. You can feel one way, but then are you able to kind of shift back and get back into it quickly or does it take a while? And I think that's, you know, again, everyone's different. Everyone has their different methods, methodology to do it. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, you're obviously doing a lot right. And, and I mean, again, I think it's normal when people kind of disconnect or just kind of take a bit of a break. So um, for whatever that means, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know if that relates to you or in your, oh, you know, right. yeah, I, I definitely agree. I just think that, you know, the break that I took it, it, the way that I feel about it is like with the music stuff, it's, you know, sometimes it's work, but a lot of the times it's just, you know, I do it cause I, I just truly enjoy it. So it's not work for me. And I, I'm more almost talking about like, sometimes you need to do things that you don't want to do. You know, like I, you know, I think that, 
you know, you maybe, maybe this is the same for you. Like maybe you want to, you know, get up and stream every single fucking day, you know, and you want to, I, I'm not saying, you know, when you get gassed out, cause everyone gets gassed if they're doing 16 hour a day streams, but you know, you know, if you, I'm talking about stuff where it's like, you know, I, I kind of don't want to go downstairs and like lift a bunch of weights, but it's like, I, I have to, or I'm going to get old and die when I'm 50 and not when I'm 80 or whatever. Right. So it's, it's kind of stuff like that where it's like, Hey man, there's things you don't want to do in life and you need to do them. And it's such a, uh, I guess a, a privilege for lack of a better term, it's such a privileged thing to say where it's like, you know, I, you know, it's like, I'm basically saying like, yeah, I've no, I guess I've never had to do stuff I don't want to do, which isn't exactly true. Like I've always had to do stuff I don't want to do, but I just want to start doing it almost as like a character building thing, you know, like Calvin and Hobbes, how his dad's always like, yeah, doing stuff you don't like builds character. It's like, I think being young is, is wanting to be like Calvin and then like getting older is realizing that his dad's fucking right. You know, it's just like, right. yeah, man, you gotta, you know, you gotta eat healthy. You can't just have a burger every five minutes. You, you, know? you know, I've had, I've actually had like in the last five, six months, you know, I, I've, I've almost felt sort of uh, like a character, kind of like a, I don't know what to say. Like uh, not a, not an identity crisis, but it's like, uh, like I kind of don't know what I want to do exactly in a way where like I've started this podcast, like we, you're number one nineteen. I love it. It's fun to me. I like talking to people, poker, otherwise business, life, music. People are doing like extraordinary things in my mind. They're passionate about what they're doing. I just think it's interesting. Like I'm learning about how it works, how you get into it, all these little things, right? But then I start thinking, and then it's like, all right, I, I'm, it's different now. I'm not, a, I'm not a single guy or I'm not young where I'm like grinding. Like I've done the really intense Twitch grind and now I have a family, right? Like it's not really conducive to have a two-year-old and be on like from, you know, it's just not fun. Like I don't want to be on streaming wake up see him for a second or something stream and then he's asleep at seven and i'm up till you know what i'm saying it's like it doesn't really work like that so i'm just like trying to find sort of different balance different things and my role has shifted like with what i do it's like i'm more managing like the party poker team and doing different stuff and working on other content and and taking a little bit of a different role but it's just like life is funny and like your point about calvin and Hobbes, which is a really interesting way to look at it but it's like you want different things at different times and what you want to work and then when you want to whatever and it's like sometimes i always think like do more do more and, I, and and it's hard sometimes to say no right like i ask you to do a podcast and like you're saying it's like could mess up your schedule certain things are like you kind of want to do or you don't but you do and it's like i look around I'm like all right this is an investment opportunity you know i could do this sports card thing uh there's this this date this day like at some point you kind of realize that you want to simplify your stuff too right like like you want to do it all you want to travel you want to have fun but then at some point you want to like you want to relax and things kind of shift at different periods of your life on what you're really trying to do. So that's like something I've kind of had, like, kind of feel like I've hit like a weird sort of like different point in my life, you know, where I'm like, I don't really know. Like, it's like, I don't know what I want to do in, in, in a way, if that makes sense. Where I'm like thinking yeah. like, I could do this. I could do that. What do I really want to do? How does that impact other areas of my life? And it's, uh, you know, the more, the, the more older you get, the more responsibilities you have, you know, the more yeah. paperwork taxes, uh, like HOAs and, fucking expenses and child things. I think in a way you don't really want to deal with it. Like, you know, try to find systems and auto billing and this and that, but just like more and more. And then phone calls or, you know, then you buy it. It's just, it's just interesting. Like life has, there's like a sweet spot. And I think it's like twenties, right? You're out of college or you're free or you're young 20 to 27, eight, nine, generally like you just kind of have some time to like, you don't have a lot of responsibility. Most of the time you might have a, I don't know if you have a girlfriend or any, any relationship or whatever. Um, but you know, different things, there's different times where you have different responsibilities. It's kind of nice to you got to take your me time, take yourself time when you can yeah. and enjoy that. Um, I think you and me are in a interestingly similar 
painted place in life where it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to continue with music forever just because I love doing it, you know, but it's like, if, if I don't see my, you know, career popping off to like great new heights, which is something that I personally do want, um, I'm still always going to release music, but it's like, then I have to look at these other mediums of like stuff that I like, like I love poker, you know, I'm not super great at it, but I'm finally like a low stakes winning player. Right. Like I, I, I think I've put in enough hours to where I can comfortably say that. Um, and you know, I actually have the results finally to back it up, but, uh, I, you know, but then I'm like, well, Hey, if you really want to pursue poker, it's not just, you're not going to be grinding low stakes for your whole life. And if you are players are just going to consistently get better, even at low stakes. Right. So it's like, you're going to have to put in a lot of fucking hours, you know, like I have my friend Landon Tice to, to relate it back to poker that dude literally locked himself in a fucking room for a year and grinded like six table plus online for like 16 hours of just insane amount of time every day. And, um, if you're not putting in that type of work, you're just not going to make it to that crazy level where now Landon, I mean, like, in my opinion, I think, I think he's the best young player alive, right? Like at that age, Brad, he's like 21 or 22. You know, I think he's the best alive at that age range period, you know? And I think that he will eventually be the greatest player of all time, which is his goal. Um, maybe I'm overhyping him cause he's my friend, whatever, but I just think that's the case. He's, a, he's and, actually got a challenge with one of my closest friends. Bill Perkins been on the, know, I love Bill. tell Bill to follow me back on Instagram. Dude, I need to be like Bill, man. I'm trying to get my, my money and financial stat. Like I'm trying to get my money straight like Bill so I can pursue more music and not less of it, you know? Cause it's like, dude, that guy, I fucking love Bill, man. He's, he's cool as hell. And he also like, you know, props to him. I want to also be like him in the way where like, dude, he looks like he's like 25 and he's, I don't know how old he is, bro, but he has like two daughters that are like my age and shit. And he looks like my age too. Dude. It's yeah. great. No, he takes really good care of himself. And he also doesn't, you know, he didn't have uh he wouldn't drink till he was 21. Doesn't do like, you know, he's just, he keeps, he's very like, he, he's very regimented, very, you know, he's, he and I are opposites in that way where it's like, he's, I can just automatically tell he's like this hyper conscientious guy. He loves to be doing shit. Right. Like I bet his off days are like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to go hike up like half of Mount Everest or some yeah. shit. No, that was a vacation. You know, I, one of the biggest, he, he's he, the way he, have you read his book die with zero? No, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I think you would really, really like it. But uh, one of the one of the things that when I first got to know him really well was he would he the way he like looks at things are so interesting with time and money and stuff. And like I remember, you know, we were we went out to eat and he was like, I got a piece of pizza or something. He ordered like you know tuna and like healthy whatever. And then he was like, and I was like, man, you know, the, you eat the same things like tilapia, tuna, like all these healthy things. And he was like, yeah, you know, I look at it like that piece of pizza that's like forty five minutes on the treadmill. Uh, for me that I have to do. And he's like, you know, and he looks at his hourly and whatever, and just like what, or just how he wants to spend his time. And, you know, you start thinking like that and it, you know, that's, that's the way he thinks like where it looks every, you know, every action has a reaction or a consequence or a thing. And, you know, you start, it's a bit over the top, right. But the way I was like, wow, that's really interesting to think about like a food you eat and how that would translate to how much time actually you would be spending to like get that back you know, whatever. I was just—it's just the way he operates. So I'll tell him about that in my life, man. That guy's a monk. That guy's just like so disciplined. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will. I will do that for sure. I'll, I'll say hello. Well, yeah, he's. Uh, and then, do you have any role models? Any people you look up to in the industry? Otherwise, role models, man. Mm. Role models is a strong word, but people that you like, respect, look up to, consult talk with get get ideas off of you know yeah i i always i like uh i like this guy on youtube uh wes watson um he's like a former 
inmate uh, at, or I guess convict. I don't know what the term is. I mean, he basically, he, he did 10 years in prison and he went in as like, you know, this, this young guy with his, you know, head up his ass or whatever. I don't know. However he describes it. And he came out like super disciplined and, you know, he like turned all of his problems into, you know, power, if that makes sense. Like he turned like, you know, he's like a really naturally angry guy and he decided to channel that anger into like more positive things. You know, he wanted to be more, yeah, you know, he's like a great dad. He's like this loving guy. Who's like the scariest motherfucker you've ever seen type of thing. And he just talks a lot on his channel about, you know, embrace the pain. Now, again, something that I struggle with that I think Bill Perkins has no issue with. It's like, or, you know, Bill Perkins, obviously no one has an easy time just eating tuna when someone's eating pizza. But I'm saying that like, you know, I have a real problem and like addiction almost to just like indulging. Yeah. Like, yeah. So this Wes Watson guy is just like super disciplined. And he talks about how like, Hey man, if you don't embrace the pain today, you're going to feel the pain tomorrow. And it's always worse to feel the pain tomorrow when you're older than it is to feel it now. And I'm just like, man, you know, fuck, I really, you know, I look up to this guy, you know, I respect him. He's like a family oriented man with like strong values. He's like a strong guy mentally, physically. And it's like, that's something I definitely want to be like. And as far as musicians go, dude, there's so many artists, you know, Tom York, fucking um, Damon Albarn from Gorillaz, you know, uh, all these guys that I am just in, you know, Trent Reznor, I'm just so in awe of them and, you know, they, how they create their own sound and whatever like that, as far as creativity, that's how I want to be like, be more like them in terms of just experimenting and really working and being obsessive almost with this music stuff. And I want to be more like, you know, uh, Bill or Wes or any of these other, you know, myriad examples I can provide of people that are just you know, they have their shit together. And I think that if you can combine that of having your shit together and then like working on your passion, that's how I think truly great things are made, right? Like Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel over a period of 10 years, that didn't happen because he was undisciplined, but just had passion or vice versa. It happened because he was probably hyper-disciplined enough to continue the same project for 10 fucking years, you know? And also was so passionate and in love with it that he continued the same project for 10 years, you know? And now I would say the Sistine Chapel is like one of the most ornate, beautiful pieces of art that humanity's ever produced. Right. So I'm just saying that it's like combining those two things is I think how you reach the pinnacle of success. Same with Landon, dude. Same with anyone who's super successful at anything. They make it their obsession and then they add on discipline. They're not just blindly obsessed with it with no structure, you know? So it's like, that's my issue is that I can be blindly obsessed, but I just have none of the structural uh, support that I need, you know? So that, that's what I'm working on. For sure. I would love to know though, the 10 years though, how was there, how much vacation, how much was he nightly? Was he having some nice wild parties? Like true. Is it, how much is 10 years? He could have really milked it. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe, like, yeah, maybe I'm completely wrong. And maybe he's just like a sick DJ. Yeah. Like, could have done yeah. it. Like two playing months. poker and having, you know, parties, wild parties and doing whatever and going on vacations and you know, that story. But Fair enough. I get your point. You also, do you read a lot? Do you like you, where did you go to college? Your, your vocabulary is very impressive. You are very well-spoken. What's your, uh, what's um, your- I, well, I, my dad's, uh, I guess I'll answer that question without answering the question. My dad's a mathematician who was super adamant about making sure I was like the smart child, which is again, how I, I guess I've been able to coast through life from Russia, right? Your dad was born in Russia. Russia. So, you know, he taught me how to read Russian. He taught me algebra by the time I was seven, all this stuff. And my mom was a very, uh, you know, God rest her soul. She was a very well-spoken 
woman who was really into just vocab words for vocab words sake. So I read a lot of books as a kid, you know, I was reading and I was like two and a half and blah, blah, blah. And I was just naturally kind of curious and interested in things. So I guess I gained up, I gained a lot of peripheral and just, uh, I don't know, just, yeah, I guess just peripheral knowledge, uh, and, 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 random uh, trivia, trivia esque facts about the world or whatever, just through like reading, uh, you know, fun little, little books and stuff. And nowadays I don't read as much cause I just, I focusing's really hard and, you know, discipline's really hard. And when you have a computer that can show you super Mario 64 speed runs, you know, what, what am I going to go read fucking books for? Right. You know? So, um, that's again, just like all back to the same issue of just like a lack of a lack of discipline, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I went to college in, in upstate New York, just like a, a small school that I kind of hated. And that's actually what made me do music is how much I didn't like school around me and stuff. What, so what brought you there? What brought you to upstate New York from Oakland? I, I just wanted to get away from home, man. You know, so I, I, I kind of a rocky relationship with my, with my dad and this desire to really be independent and away from everything that I, you know, grew up with and stuff. And so I was just like, cool, I'm going to flee to, to, to upstate New York and just be in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, I've realized that again, it's not really about where you live. It's kind of like how you live in a, in a way, right. Where if, if you, if you're unhappy somewhere, it's, it's a lot of the times it's not just the place, right. A lot of the times it's the way that you're constructing your life. So is, is that near Schenectady or what part of upstate, how far upstairs? So I was, uh, I went to Bard. Um, so that's in, I guess it's, it's right next to Kingston, New York. Okay. It's like a new Paltz area. It's next to Vassar, like Poughkeepsie area, I guess. It's like Turning Stone then. Was that near there? That, that uh, Turning Stone, the casino. Did you ever go there? Is that? No, I, I didn't, I didn't play any poker in, uh, in college. I played poker in like high school for, you know, like for, for play money. You know, I played one game for play money in, in college, like literally one game. And then again, I just got shown poker by my friend here and I had seen so many, are those are those goddamn <laughs> are those world poker tour videos, man? I saw you, dude. This is like I, I saw you before I even knew poker, dude. I saw fucking all the all the legends, dude. Everybody, and I'm just like, man, that's so cool. He's bluffing with three five offsuit. You know, this is back when you would watch the reruns of when poker before people, you know, before it was what it is today. You know, so I had this weird image of poker in my mind where you're supposed to bluff a lot and whatever and be unbalanced and whatever, but uh. Yeah, I uh, I did not go to to any casinos up there. Wow, interesting. So, yeah, and in poker, where does that rank on your passions right now in terms of hobbies and what you do other than music? It's pretty high. Um, I'd say like you know number top five. You know, I, I love I love poker and I want to get better at it. So I've decided you know like continue winning at low stakes consistently, and then you know build up a bankroll uh, like a like a big bankroll. You know, I obviously you know I have enough money to play poker and not really worry about things. But like right. I want to be able to have money that is truly just a poker bankroll, right? Stuff that's not coming out of music or anything else or investments, right? Uh, stock trading, whatever just poker. And so build up the bankroll slowly, but surely, you know, make sure that we, we can perfectly win at, you know, every one, two and two, five game, you know, in the entirety of the United States. And then from then, I think that I want to really start, uh, studying hard, you know, talking to, you know, getting line checks from, from my pro friends and just, you know, studying probably, you know, get Pio, do some, do some work there. And that's another thing is like, there's really no blueprint for it, right? Like people tell you to just subscribe to like, yo, you know, go subscribe to Red Chip or Crush Live Poker or Upswing or whatever. 
And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, nothing's really going to teach you poker as much as a really, really winning player, I think, in my opinion, is right where it's like they can just perfectly run lines for you. You know, they they know what the fuck to do. And again, I'm lucky enough to know those types of people. So that's just, you know, that's that's kind of my plan. I'll still probably subscribe and lose some money to to upswing and, you know, crush live or whatever. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, I do want to have this trajectory where one day I'm on one of those huge games uh, you know, the, the big game, you know, I want to be in for like a hundred K at some game and not be punting, you know what I mean? And just like be playing really, really well, not necessarily just like perfect GTO, but you get my point, right? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, we, listen, I've, I'm learning a lot. We've covered a lot and I see a lot of really interesting questions, fun questions. So I do want to take some time and, and, and hit some of these. And of course on Twitter, guys, you want to retweet, this is uh giving away a $55 ticket today from party poker. So that'll be at the end. If you guys are getting that out, we'll ask a question. You'll be eligible. Uh, let's just run through some of these. And uh, again, if, if we miss any and you want to go back, you know, take a look, they're there guys. So we'll try to answer some here. Let's dig into it. Do you ever heard of Argentina trap? Is that a thing? I, I don't think I've heard any Argentinian trap, unfortunately. And Argentinian trap, is that, is it, is it broken down? Like, have you heard countries that are there countries that it's so popular that's actually like, they, yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure there is Argentinian trap. I'm sure if you like looked it up on YouTube, you'd find like the biggest, you know, artist from Argentina <laughs> making trap music, you know? Um, and any, any countries that are really strong or like Russia or somewhere that's sort of like yeah, really Russia has strong trap music. I'd say Mexico has pretty strong trap music. Um, Japan, in my opinion, I love their, I love their rappers, like all of them. Shout out to Ko, although he's never, ever in a million years going to watch something that he, A, doesn't understand, B, he doesn't play poker, you know, et cetera. But love that guy. You never and, know. I think we might get a Ko. Maybe his social media, someone could tag dude, him. Yeah. Tell, tell everybody, everybody who speaks Japanese, go tell Ko. Um, oh, I'm sure that, uh, oh, Britain obviously has like crazy trap music. But as far as countries that I don't speak the language of, um, I, I would say just like Mexico, uh, China has super sick trap Japan has super sick trap music. Interesting. Uh, that's all I personally know, but I'm sure that pretty much every country has some really. When they do, in the trap, are they speaking English? Or they're speak, they're just like the beats are sick, and they're speaking in their native language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, there's these guys called the uh, the Higher Brothers from China. You know, they just rap in Chinese. They'll throw in an English word there so that you know my white ass can 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 you know repeat it. But uh, yeah, they uh, they make really really fucking good music. Very, very cool. Uh, we got a question. See, this is how I knew about Jeff Boski in particular, because I see Escalana ask, how did you feel after training with Jeff? Which you kind of said you guys really just trained uh, in and out, got, got some burgers. But um, how, did you, what was that? What did he do? You were in the vlog then? Or so people were aware of this? I think I, I'm like in one of his vlogs, uh, bowling or something. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I like Jeff Boski. I just like hanging out with him. We didn't do any training, although that would have been, that would have been cool. You know, uh, I did ask him like a few questions just about, you know, tournaments and, you know, push fold ranges or whatever, like super simple stuff. Um, and you know, uh, shout out to, shout out to Boski. He's just a, he's just a solid dude, you know, who just, he grinds every single day, you know, he streams on Twitch as well. And, uh, just solid guy, you know, just all around good guy with, uh, I guess he's kind of a, kind of an old soul, you know, he's a, you know, just solid, all American solid dude. I, I definitely, you know, I love Boski. I love his vlogs and I just, his personality is great. You know? So shout out to him. Awesome. Um, yeah, he's actually hasn't been on the podcast yet. And we we've talked about I need, I need to reach out to him and get him on for sure. He's he's also I played at the cage down in Costa Rica with him a few times. And 
you know, I, I like his vlogs, his style, his demeanor, right? His attitude's very, I think he's, yeah. he's very good for poker. So um, we'll definitely have to do that. Uh, so people talking about songs, what's your favorite song that you ever like, just that you love the most? Like, they're all just kind of meaningful or is there anyone that's like, man, this one was like, that I made, dude. I I don't have a good answer to that. Um, I don't even think I have one that I haven't made that's my like true favorite. You know, I have a lot of artists that I like, but mm-hmm. as far as my own music, man, I uh, I tend to only like I'll listen to things to kind of sound check them, and I'll listen to something if it gets like stuck in my head or it's like a really good beat that I've made. But very rarely do I listen to my own music for any other reason than sound checking stuff. Um, and sometimes like I'll, I'll sit down and listen to a whole album of mine just listen, excuse me, listening to how it sounds on Spotify or something, you know, cause there's a weird conversion thing. They make it a little quiet or whatever. And I'll just sit there with headphones on like, Hmm, like not enjoying it at all. Just like being like, yeah. Oh man, I should have made that clap just half a decibel louder. Like, you know, stuff like that. So, um, that, that I don't, yeah, I don't know. I can't say I have a favor. Um, yeah, that, that's fair. That makes sense. Now, how many songs would you, have you actually, how many songs have you uh, written done and then how many of you actually like put out? Dude, most of the songs I've ever made, I've put out, I, I'm sitting on like four or five more songs that I haven't released yet. Um, beyond that, I, I literally don't have like a backlog of things to release, which is again, one of my big problems is like, you know, I don't have a space to record here until now. I actually, you know, congratulations to me, just got signed my lease to a new apartment. I'm buying a, a actually a soundproof room. Uh, they're going to build inside the apartment so I can just be screaming in there and no one will hear me, which is great. And uh, yeah, I'm going to start making music a lot more consistently. I think that's a big thing that's kind of weighed me down is like no place to make music. So um, yeah, once I start, you know, ask me that question again in like three months, once I start actually having access to space to record, and I'm sure I'll have a lot more stuff unreleased. Very, very cool. And, and what about Twitch? Do you, what's your favorite platform to, 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 to watch or, or use? And what, what do you like in terms of that? Uh, do you, would you, would you be recording? What, what do you think about recording and doing on Twitch or doing? Like, yeah, I, I've thought about that. I like, uh, I like playing video games on Twitch sometimes, you know, just for fun, just for the fans, like nothing. I've never considered Twitch as like a serious thing, but you know, sometimes I have these like wild dreams of like, you know, I could be an IRL streamer who just walks down the street and like talks to random people. And I think that I could create really cool content like that. Cause I'm naturally outgoing. And as you can see, I have kind of a, a motor mouth on me, but I, uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely just look at Twitch as just a good platform to kind of watch the content. I like, you know, I'll watch you stream a tournament. I'll watch Boski stream a tournament. I'll watch Apollo stream a tournament. I wish you guys could stream cash games, but I know that's like kind of, kind of unfeasible in, in real life and casinos, you know, whatever, right. you know, I, I like Ludwig. He was on your podcast. I like his stream. You know, I like a bunch of different streamers, you know, simply he's a super Mario 64 streamer cheese, same thing, a bunch of melee streamers, you know, just like the games I play, I, you know, I'll, I'll watch people in. Uh, yeah, but I, I've never personally considered it seriously. Although, you know, maybe someday in the future, it seems like a lot of people uh, have went from, you know, a certain career to like doing that career, but on Twitch, you know, and I think that it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's good building a brand, et cetera. And, and what other hobbies do you, do you like, do you, you collect any cards, sports cards? Do you, are you into sports? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, Magic the Gathering. Love, love that game. And, uh, stock trading kind of getting into it. Palantir, Palantir. Very um, nice. Do you collect actual cards or do you just like play? Do you have them like graded and sent? Mostly play, mostly play. But I, the collectors are crazy, man. There are some cards. I mean, I'm sure you know, uh, there's cards that are worth tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, 
just insane prices, right? And uh, I definitely don't collect those cards, but I, I love playing them. You know, I, I'm I'm a big fan of the game, and uh, yeah, it's normal stuff. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, I used to play a bit. I there's actually some Magic players that went into poker pretty heavily. I think David Williams trying to think. Um, yeah, Fro. Yeah, Eric, Eric Frolick. Yeah, there's some. Yep, yeah, exactly. And and you know, collecting's really become big, and Pokemon as well is like a big collect surprise. There's million dollar cards, and sports yep. cards are going crazy, and it's a interesting world. But Magic, um, how how does that work now? Is it is it like Magic online, or is it all online? Is it people? Yeah, I, I, I play online now. Yeah, interesting. I yeah, it's been a long time. I just I remember vaguely um playing but it's 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 been a long long time and definitely one of those games kind of like hearthstone or games you're thinking their strategy it's fun it's all the uh all, all the components in there uh what things do you think are equal between poker and the artist world good question from marcelo chalet there yeah i, I do like that question um well you have to work hard if you want to get anywhere just like anything else and uh i would actually say there's like a different type of creativity if that makes sense where um, you need to be creative to, you know, be a musician. Obviously it's a creative endeavor. And whereas poker is like, you know, it's, it's this solved game. There's still an element of, if you decide to exploit an opponent doing so in a creative manner, and I'm not saying fancy play syndrome, but I'm saying doing so in a creative manner where you're like, again, especially if you're against a competent opponent that knows that you can try to exploit them, you know, so then they'll exploit you back doing so like, again, playing against that person in a, in a quote unquote creative manner, the same way, you know, you, some of the things that we saw in the Doug versus Daniel heads up challenge from both players, actually, I would say are creative, unorthodox, not game theory optimal, but they were actually effective, you know? So there's, there's that. But again, the biggest thing I would say is just discipline and just maintaining this, you know, a, a study routine, a desire to succeed, a desire to like innovate, do new stuff, you know? And I think the biggest thing with with uh, poker and music is always being open to being wrong in a way, right? Where it's like a lot of times, like on the river, do we go thin or do we check, right? And you choose one and you maybe you should have chose the other, whatever, regardless of the result. It's like always, you know, listening to other people's input and being like, oh, you know, hey, I think that's, you know, this is interesting. Even if I don't agree and I don't change this, this behavior or whatever, uh, it's a very interesting point and it, it makes you think more about the thing. So I think that's an important thing. It's always being open to to change. Yeah, I think results oriented is such a powerful concept too in life. And then it's so easy to, you know, you bust Kings to Ace Four and you know, it's it's tough. Or you, you know, make a play that works, but you shouldn't have, and then you're like, oh, so it's it's tricky. And that's also with variance and stuff in life and, and music yeah. or anything, right? Like, oh, that song, you know, this this thing didn't work or it didn't go what I thought it would. And you know, you can't necessarily, it could be, there's, there's, there's a lot of things playing. There's a lot of factors in life and, and, and different things. So you gotta, you gotta be able to try to be honest and understand what that means and what, what results when it is and be careful. Cause it's, it's a tricky, it's definitely tricky in, in anything. Yeah. Um, how do you think you would do without the internet? Are you, do you feel, have you seen the social dilemma? Is this like, what would you be able to do if like there were no phones, no TV? Do you think? I, would, I mean, I'd be fucked <laughs> music wise, but uh, I think mental health wise, dude, it's fucking blessing, dude. It'd be a blessing. Cause then I could be like, yeah, I'm going to go read a book and uh, that's it. You know, <laughs> like I'm not going to go fucking watch YouTube for 16 hours and be like an addict, like a true junkie degenerate in my room, just like not getting up. Yeah. Um, Part of it's like FOMO too, right? Like, it's like, just, you don't like, you know, what's going on? How's the guys in my industry doing? Who's doing what? What's next? Where's the next part? Is it someone doing a tour? Oh, I, I'm off tour, but like this guy's doing a tour somewhere. And how does that work? 
And like, yep. you know, just like seeing and, and, and in a way, I think the, the COVID sort of slowed down FOMO, at least for live stuff. Cause it's like, all right, there's this going on. There's that birthday. I got a wedding. There's these things happening. I pay like, you just kind of like, all right, no one's doing shit. No one's really doing anything like really. So, you know, that, that I think in a way is almost, uh, can, can kind of, can kind of appease that a bit, but yeah, interesting question there. Someone asked about crypto. Are you a believer? Do you like Bitcoin? Anything? Do you think it makes sense? Do you have any thoughts? I will say, here's what I'll say about crypto. There's probably maybe, maybe 25 to 50 people in the world who can properly explain to you what a Bitcoin is. That's, that's my answer on whether I, I, I believe in crypto, not to be all cryptic about it. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'll say this. That's my answer. And then before people are like, oh, so he doesn't believe in crypto. Um, I, I am invested in, in multiple, uh, in multiple coins, uh, including Bitcoin. Also shout out to Bitcoin for deciding to go up by, uh, by $6,000, uh, like two days ago. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was Elon as well. Elon's pumping stuff, man. Bitcoin. No, yeah, I will say this, you know, Bitcoin will probably be worth like a hundred K in, you know, two, three years, whatever. Uh, be careful of Dogecoin. You know, I'm not going to make a long-term prediction, but I will say there's like people that are just brainless on the internet that are saying like pump Dogecoin, like your favorite celebrity who, you know, doesn't have two brain cells to rub together is saying, Oh yeah, I'm, you know, put, put, put all in on, 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 on Dogecoin. And it's like, no, that's kind of weird. That feels way more pump and dump than, than Bitcoin does, you know, and uh, I'm not talking about Elon Musk. He, you know, I don't think he's dumb. I think he's definitely pumping, dumping it and he's very smart with it. But I think that, you know, a bunch of dumb people are just like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to hop on the trend. There's no way I could get burned here. You know, if I put in a hundred K into something that's eight cents and it drops a cent and I lose like literal multiple tens of thousands of dollars, then what could go wrong? You know, I think that, you know, if you're going to invest in Dogecoin, just be aware of the volatility. And uh, if you're going to invest in Bitcoin, you should probably perceive it as a long-term thing and not worry when it like tanks back down to like 35 in a week or whatever, if that happens, you know, cause it could just as easy hit 50 K or, or so on and so forth. But I do think that Bitcoin, unless it somehow gets like quote unquote shut down and I don't know what that would even look like unless that happens, I think that it will be a very valuable um, thing in the long run, especially because there's a limited amount of Bitcoin that ever will exist. Um, once that happens, I think that it'll just be a slow, steady ascent up. And, you know, hey, maybe when we're, you know, when we're in our 50s and 60s, uh, Bitcoin's going to be worth like a million plus per pop. And you're going to regret not, you know, putting your entire life earnings into it. So I can't predict. I'm not educated. I'm not smart enough to answer the question. But I have money in Bitcoin. And also, I have no idea what a Bitcoin really is ultimately. So that's that's my answer on that one. Right. That makes sense. I'm, I'm you know. I think that's well said. Uh, asking about how do you balance your time between poker and emo trap? I mean, I hope that's not like a fair split, but how do you decide like, all right, I'm going to play two hours of poker uh, right now, or I'm going to work on my music or is, do you find a struggle there? Something that, no, something I, I don't have a struggle with that. Something I've done is just uh, I'll set timers on games that I play. And, you know, if I'll go to a live game, I'll be like, cool. I have four hours. I have five hours, whatever. And the timer hits and unless the game's insanely good and I'm running really well, have a great image, whatever, uh, I'll just go, you know, and I, I don't feel attached to it. And the biggest thing for me in poker that I think, you know, some of your viewers maybe, I don't know, could take uh, uh, advice of, could take inspiration from, that's the wrong word. I don't know. I can't find the word. Viewing poker as one long game best thing ever That's at different stakes, obviously, right. A one, two and a two, five are two different things, but it's like, right. you know, viewing one, two or one, three, uh, 
uh, or fucking five, 10 or fucking a hundred, 200 viewing it as just one long game. When you stand up from a winning or losing session really, really helps with not worrying about having to get up. Right. I know a lot of people, this is one of my biggest leaks early on. I wouldn't stand up from sessions when I was losing because I wanted to chase losses. Literally one of the biggest fucking leaks that you can have. Don't do that, you know? So just don't, don't do that. You know, view it as a long one long game and that'll really help your mentality. And the other thing I guess is just, you know, uh, not getting tilted when you get sucked out on, but balancing poker music, super easy. Just, I do both. That's it. You know, <laughs> I never had an issue with either. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's definitely that that's a big, big skill set. What's your favorite non aces hand? What's your like cracker hand? What do you love to just- Dude, I saw this question. I was like, so, you know, my jokey response is like six, nine offsuit or whatever. Right. Um, my real response, I guess would be, I really enjoy, so non-aces, I, is it non-aces or non-premium? Um, Cause like, if it's not aces, it's kings, right? <laughs> like, what do we, yeah, actually, you know. There was a good, a nice wording. I saw one hand and then I asked, uh, there was another hand. Well, here it is. What's your favorite non-premium? There's one favorite. So that's, that's a good way of asking. I actually haven't heard uh, Bob yeah. Ross ask that. So I like that yeah, word. That's good. Uh, I definitely would say, you know, so the joke answer is six, nine. Um, and then I'm going to say premiums are like, you know, eights and above basically. I mean, maybe even eights and nines aren't premiums. I don't know, but in my book, they're premiums. Like they're, they're good hands. You can, you can play with, with, you know, well, I like, uh, obviously hmm, I, I, it's a weird question. I guess just like suited aces, suited connectors, pocket pairs, just like your normal, <laughs> your normal range. They're, they're all the same to me. It's just like anything where you can, uh, make the nuts, right? Like that's how you make money at low stakes is you play pretty nitty. You know, you, you get into pots cheaply. Um, if, if, if you have weak hands and then you just make sure that you extract value with your value hands and then any hands that can make the nuts are obviously going to be, you know, good playable hands. And then just like knowing when to fold, you know, knowing when to continue, you know, not, not floating as often as you would be in like a, in a game with more competent players, you know, not bluffing as much as you would be in a game with competent players. Uh, and kind of the hand almost doesn't matter, but I guess, yeah, joke answer is, is six, nine offsuit for sure. And, and uh, what's the biggest, what, what's your favorite place to play in biggest pot you won live? You play, where do you like to play in Vegas or wherever you go when you play live? Um, Vegas, I, I just play the Bellagio. That's just like free drinks, you know, water's free. Whatever. Nice atmosphere. I, mean, I, don't, I don't drink actually, but you know, I just like the atmosphere, especially when my opponents are drinking. Uh, you know, I like the atmosphere of like this, you know, standard poker room. Um, it's relatively soft now that I'm, you know, a little better than I was. Uh, you know, I, last time I was at the Bellagio, I, you know, I won quite a bit over a course of like a week. So um, I'd say that's my, that's my favorite room, but I'm all, basically all the poker rooms in Vegas are pretty good, especially like the big names. Uh, and then biggest pot I've ever won is I played like a $4,000 pot actually two days ago, um, playing uh, dealer's choice after the game started getting, you know, degenerate and we were playing uh PLO uh, five and I uh, had a really, really strong hand all the way down. And my opponent called me all the way down and uh, I rivered the stone cold nuts and uh, jammed. He called and it was just like, cool, sweet, sick, uh, sick little double, double Reno there, you know? So that was like a four K maybe like a four and a half K pot. Um, and then last night, you know, the, the opposite happened. I think that there's another question where someone's like my biggest loss, you know, I think last night I actually lost in basically the same game, you know, five, five private game. 
uh, I think I lost a total of 2.5, 2,500, which was uh, pretty painful. You know, didn't win it. I six flips in a row, didn't win a single one. Um, and then getting it all in pretty good losing, right? Like not even flips, but where you have like 75% against 25, you have someone just, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I'm not upset about it at all. Like, it's just, that's what poker is, you know? So it, it's, it, it really is a beautiful game. You know, the combination of skill and luck and that, you know, it's just never over really. Like you just yeah. get people have outs and there is, there's just, it's just a very special, special game. Um, can people hear your music on Twitch without getting in trouble? This Twitch copyright thing's pretty annoying. So how does that work? Can I, I play the music? Yes. Yeah, I think they can actually. I think I don't have DMCA on it, but um, I, I advocate if anyone listens to my music uh, on and streams it on Twitch to uh, let me know if they get a DMCA strike, and then I'll obviously I just remove it. You know, I I go to the to the source uh, and I I can I will remove it, but I don't think I've ever had a complaint. You know, I think people listen to my music all the time on stream, and there's no issue as far as I'm aware. No one's ever come to me. Quite a few streams. So. I'll have to, I'll have to do that. It's kind of, kind of, it's kind of sucks, right? Like how that is now. And you get, you get, you get worried about it. You have to be careful and you get, you can yeah. get all moved. It's kind of strange, I guess maybe for the industry though, that's just the right move overall. So people are, I, I don't agree with it, but you know, that's a whole, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah, but I, I don't, I mean, it's just bizarre to me, but then again, yeah. you know, I don't know. What are the meanings of your tattoos? How many tattoos do you have? I see here from K Wolf for asking. I, I don't know how many, how many tattoos I have at this point, quite a few, but uh, the meanings are none of my tattoos really have meanings besides my, my knuckle tattoos, which are, um, it was the name of my first album and that album did really well. And it's the reason I am where I'm at, where I am today. And so it's, uh, you know, that album is me in a way, right. Where you know, the lone wolf, as I said, you know, convolk basically. So, um, I, yeah, that's the only tattoo with meaning. I'd say everything else is kind of just, uh, stuff I like, you know, kind of decoration that I just personally enjoy. So that's it. Very nice. Well, yeah, I think, uh, we are, we are going to go ahead and this is going to be, Again, a giveaway. I'm going to go and pull a, we're going to give someone a $55 ticket. That's nice. You know, 55 could spin it in tournaments. That is a, that's a serious, serious chunk here. And you guys can give uh, my man right here. a follow across the board. We got Convoke on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter. What's the, what do you prefer out of these? Like like Twitter, Instagram, you're more active on I mean, I just prefer people to listen to my music, you know, you don't got to follow me, but you know, I hope that, you know, if you, if you watch this and you haven't heard me, uh, just, you know, go take a gander, take a listen. And uh, if you don't like it, that's, uh, that's fine. And if you like it, that's fine too. That's great. You know, I just, uh, I just want people to, to listen always, obviously, but, uh, you know. Yeah, that's, that's so, I mean, Spotify, that's the cleanest, like what's the order, like impact that that's the one that's just like the easiest yeah, way. Yeah, I say Spotify. I mean, you can just look me up on YouTube. Um, any streaming service you use, if you use Apple Music, that works too. You know, Tidal, whatever you may use. Very cool. And any upcoming releases? I know you just had some stuff, right? You did just take have some songs that came out. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I, I dropped a you know really good song a few days ago. Um, but I will be releasing an album relatively soon once I can just clear things up in my own life. Hopefully within the month. So I guess uh, keep an eye out for that. What's your newest song? Uh, Cinderella. It's actually uh, to the right. The artist pick. Yeah. So Spotify fucked up and said that it was like old uh, and, and like listed it really, really low out of the dates that I've ever released music. And I was just like, okay, whatever. So you don't see it up front anymore. So I had to like manually put it there, but that is my newest song. Interesting. Very cool. I will. I have, I, I gotta say, I actually have not listened to it yet. I am going to, I will try that. I'll play 
play some on my streams and hopefully, you know, if I can, as long as I can get a hold of you and, and, and say, Hey, like, you know, don't, uh, yeah, I don't know how long it, it, uh, I don't know how long, how that works, but I'm willing to, uh, you know, I feel, I guess, confident you have a way you've done that. You've actually had to like reach out or you have a way to get a hold of them. They'll, they'll look at it. Is oh, at Twitch? oh no, I just, uh, the DMCA thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think my music triggers the DMCA as far as I'm aware, like a bunch of streamers have used it and nothing happens. So, um, I just don't think it triggers it. Very cool. All right. Well, let's, we, we loaded this up. Is there anything, uh, anything else you got? I mean, we covered a lot, man. I honestly, I learned a ton. This is fascinating. And, and I think, uh, I hope you guys got your questions in. We're going to pick this draw. Is there anything else you want to mention? Anything, any shout outs, any got you in poker? What was his name again? Uh, who, sir? Who got you into poker for the first time? Oh, the, the guy got me, uh, my friend Elliot. Yeah. He got me into, into poker the, uh, the first time I ever played. So yeah, shout out to him if he ever watches this. Um, cause again, he's like, he's super like anti watching stuff that I do just cause it's weird. Cause I'm his friend, if that makes sense, you know? So like, he doesn't listen to my music. Like he goes out of his way to not see interviews or, you know, but Hey, you know, so if someone clip it, send it to him, whatever. I love and, it. Uh, yeah, man. Honestly, just like, you know, shout out to all my friends in poker, music, whatever, but shout out to you, dude. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You know, I hope that one day I can be uh, one of your sponsored pros. I can be good enough to not just punt off a whole bankroll every single five minutes and uh you know also you know hopefully hope to see you you know sometime maybe in vegas you can teach me how to not be awful at plo and just how to river the nuts every time that would be that'd be super super spectacular but no for real man thanks thanks to you and again yeah let me know when you're in like california or vegas you know uh get you a nice dinner on me or whatever you want uh, that'd be that'd be awesome to hang out and i got yeah i want to definitely get a shirt i'll send you something as well and uh so we got one more question here from my man, Ghost of M, lead moderator, the, the legend in the chat, asking as a producer, have you worked with any young artists that he thinks could be the next Convoc or just someone out there that's super talented right now? I'm sure there's a lot. I feel like there's yeah, prodigies and stuff every, like poker just coming up there. Everyone I work with is, is super talented, but uh, I wouldn't say anyone's like the next. I feel like I'm kind of the next Convoc, right? Like I'm the I'm the only me there is. But no, there's, there's a bunch of talented uh, – talented people I've worked with. I'd say one of the most talented dudes I've worked with is a producer named this land is, and he's like this, just an amazing, super nice guy, you know, really, really talented. And then another guy, uh, uh, this guy, everyone should go check out his music. Eli, the kid, he's, you know, this young man out of Florida, super sick, super great, uh, like musician. And I'd say that he's like kind of the opposite of me in the sense that he's just an acoustic guitar in himself for the vast majority of songs that he makes. So he's super great. Shout out to Eli, the kid, you know, and, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say there's anyone else like me, but that's uh that's, that's a great answer. I I agree. Right. You gotta be your own. And there's a lot of talent that's for sure. And then everything, I think everyone's getting honing their craft and, 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 and moving fast. The world's happening very quickly. All right. Let's, uh, Let's let's draw this. I loaded this up. I'm gonna choose a winner. You tell me when for the $55 ticket. All right, roll it, roll it. Let's roll it. We got a nice amount of possibilities. I'm gonna choose a winner. We're sure $55 ticket coming up, courtesy of Convoke Party Poker, myself. And we are it's finished just like that. Look at this. Mick Marcy TV gets it done. Marcel, man. Congrats. Oh. You got a $55 ticket. Looks like he's, he's he deserves it. Look at him. He's a poker player. He deserves it. He's streaming, man. It looks like he's 25 years old, mainly stream MTTs. I'm going to give him a follow as well on Twitch. And uh, we'll have to check this out, man. There, I love it. I love it. This is what we're just talking about, right? There's there's Dang. people hungry. They're starting. You just never know. You, you know what's cool about poker, too, or music? You can, at any moment, you're in control of something powerful. And there's got to be luck. But you could just you could just bank a tournament for 
whatever you could your hit like you're just always like in the mix right like it's it's uh you, you have an opportunity at any given time actually he's won before it looks like he's gonna run it back so I'm just lucky, you know? that, that's uh that's that's very strong so um i love it man thank you so much alex convo follow him across the board that's number one 19 in the books from the podcast streets and this will be on all the audio outlets and we've got another podcast getting released on friday some more scheduled next week. We'll keep it rolling. And we appreciate Combo the time. And I'll see you soon, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I'll see you soon. All right. All right, guys. It's in, in the books. Go check it out and uh, get the giveaways that you know there is on the Twitter. There's a lot going on. We'll see you soon on stream. I think I'll be streaming a couple times this week, maybe on Sunday as well. And I'll, uh, I'll check on you guys on Friday for the next podcast. That'll be number 120 with the man, the myth, Finks. So we'll, uh, we'll put that out. See you guys soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.